This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Confession time. Be honest. You shop online. It's okay. You are not alone. 82% of Canadians shop online. 2.14 billion people shop online around the world. If you're going to shop online, you might as well do it well. Promo codes, coupons, cashback, all that jazz that I don't quite understand and have no idea where to start. Maybe Aaron Broverman can help with that. Aaron is the lead editor at Forbes Advisor Canada. Hey, good morning, Aaron. Good morning, Dave. I'm excited about this topic. It's a very uh, meaty one. I'm excited too because I have a habit of, uh, you know, punching the old credit card into a couple of websites here. The whole conversation stems from Amazon's sale last week that was suspiciously devoid of bargains. In your experience, how salesy are online sales? You can still get pretty good sales online you just have to remain disciplined uh retailers like amazon though do do some tricky things to make you think you're getting a deal one of the biggest things that they do is they raise the price on an item before a sale and then discount it heavily during a sale to make you think that you're getting it on sale. But it was actually more expensive than it normally is prior to the sale. So they're just basically getting the same amount of profit off of you but uh, at like a different ratio, essentially, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the best time to buy online is not during prime days or special sales, but just at random times or, or non-peak seasons in the case of clothing. So, Aaron, there's going to be some individual aspects that you and I will dive into here. But generally speaking, what advice would you have in terms of actually bargain hunting online? It's all about discipline. You have to basically in advance, especially if they're advertising the deals on TV or whatever in advance, make a list of the things that you want and do some research on places like eBay to look at the sold listings and see how much, not that the item is on sale for, but how much it's sold for mm. under regular conditions. And then compare that to what Amazon or some other website is offering it for and see if it's really on sale. If you have a budget, you also have to make sure that you stretch your dollar as far as it'll go and factor in those taxes and shipping. Uh, you can also browse with a VPN or incognito because sometimes different regions of the country 
are getting different deals. Something might be more on sale, so to speak, in Saskatchewan than it is in BC oh. or Ontario. So even though you still have to factor in shipping to where you are, maybe it's cheaper if you browse or or change uh, your your location, basically. But it's all about sticking to a list, uh, going in advance, doing research on the things you want, and not deviating i mean you can splurge but there's there's a special strategy mm. uh, for splurging if you're going to do that aaron i like what you mentioned there about the incognito or the vpn not to get too conspiratorial here but we know that our devices and phones are listening to us and i have read that by the time you've checked a hotel room or airfare in the same city a couple of different times in a couple of days the algorithm has figured that out and you're not likely to get yourself a bargain absolutely but there's a way to track prices like if you if you use like a browser extension like honey or uh, there's an amazon specific one called camel 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 you can use the price tracking feature by putting your list of items into the browser extension in advance and seeing when the price actually drops and when it raises and if you're tracking specific items you can jump on it when it's at the lowest that it's been uh, throughout the history. Ooh, Aaron, you said one of the magic words there, because I did want to pick your brain about browser extensions. Those were all the rage a couple of years ago. I remember uh, watching a lot of football games. The Rakuten commercials were all over the place, promising cashback and sales. Um, they offered a bunch of other perks as well. Go a, bit, go a bit deeper. How would you evaluate the browser extension landscape? You have to be very careful with browser extensions because ones like the great spend, you know, got new owners and turned out to be malware. So you have to be careful that they're actually doing what they say they're doing. Even really popular ones like honey uh, in people's experience, if you read like Reddit or something like that, don't actually, you know, get you the coupon codes that they say they'll get you. You know, Honey is a is a browser extension that collates all the coupon codes that are active and gives you the best one at checkout, but it doesn't always work. So it's very, very touch and go. I would use browser extensions not for the deals or the discounts, but for that price tracking ability. Mm. Rakuten, on the other hand, is a website. Um, so it works uh, fine. I, I think I would use Rakuten for cashback or other affiliate links. Like if you listen to uh, a podcast and uh, the person gets a little kickback, if you shop through their website portal and you get some cashback, I would do that. But I just wouldn't install a browser extension on my computer unless I really, really knew uh, what it does and trusted it. Because at the end of the day, it could be just another way for you know companies to track your data mm. or maybe it's secretly malware. Aaron, you mentioned promo codes and coupons. There is an avalanche across uh, the web with coupon codes and promo codes, et cetera, et cetera. I bet you if I opened my Gmail right now and went to the promotions page, it would just be awash with coupon codes and promo codes. It's okay if the answer to this question is no, but is there an effective way to kind of round those up? 
I think the most effective way, other than the browser extensions that are a little suspicious, is to go to forums like Red Flag Deals, which is a Canadian uh, shopping forum, or go to you know Reddit threads where you can see all the bargain hunters you know discussing the latest and best discounts online in real time and see what's there. I mean, obviously you run the risk of as soon as a you know, promo code is made public, it could have already been used. But I find interacting with real people as the best way to get <laughs> promo codes. Because if you're just searching online at random, I mean, you have no idea when those promo codes were posted. They could have already been used, like I said. And, you know, it's 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 a very uh, random kind of shot in the dark kind of thing. But when they work, it's great. I mean, I shop at Sideshow, which is like a figure distributor. And with everything that you order, they give you a QR code for 10% off. And some people in the figure community share those with others. But uh, other times, you know, if you order, you can just use it yourself on mm. your next purchase. Aaron, another sort of closed-end question here. Am I overcomplicating this? How much of the process of saving some money online has to do with just finding the right credit card with cashback or points? You can definitely save money with cashback and points. Actually, Amazon has its own rewards MasterCard in Canada, which basically saves you 2.5% or the what would normally be the foreign transaction fee. So if you're in Canada, but you're shopping at Amazon.com, that might be useful to you. You also get 2.5%, but only if you're a Prime member. So you have to factor in the Prime membership right. cost. Over 100 bucks uh, a year for that, yeah. Exactly. You get that two five an, an additional two point five percent for uh, cash back, basically with Whole Foods or Amazon. And then if you're not a Prime member, you only get one point five percent. So it doesn't go that far. But if you're such a frequent Amazon shopper that you you know that you have that Prime membership and you you find that you're spending a lot on Amazon, it might actually work for you. It just depends on your lifestyle and shopping habits. Of course, there's other cashback cards as well that might give you deeper discounts. I mean, uh, not to plug uh, my workplace, but I would go to Forbes Advisor and see what we've ranked as the best cashback at rewards cards in Canada. Heck yeah, go plug plug your work. Go visit Aaron's work at Forbes Advisor. Him and his colleagues are doing awesome stuff. We, we can plug that stuff, Aaron. Okay, there's a flip side here, though, because impulse buys and online shopping go hand in hand, at least in my experience. Uh, someone may have bought a guitar online uh, late Saturday, early Sunday morning. Uh, I broke one of my rules. Don't buy instruments online, but it showed up this week and it's beautiful. Uh, what kind of strategies do you put in place to maybe curb some of those bad online shopping habits? I have two strategies for this. One is clear your cookies and browsing history so that if you watch a YouTube video with an advertisement, the internet doesn't suddenly think you really, really want uh, you know that that new soap or or that or that new uh, manscaped product or whatever. So uh, because you might end up clicking on it if you see it enough. So make sure that uh, you use ad blockers. You use like you know you clear your cookies and browsing data so that they can't follow you around wherever you are online. And if you do end up splurging, that's okay. Just make a plan to pay it off in the next two to three months. Mm. Make sure that that's something that you can do and you have the money uh, scrolled away for that. That's, I think, the best strategy is to say, okay, 
I have enough extra money this month that I'll be able to get this done uh, very quickly. Because as soon as you're still paying something off for like six months to a year, any discounts that you've earned, you've you've absolutely lost yeah. them on interest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thankfully the guitar is not, is not going to take six months to a payoff. Uh, it, it wasn't that expensive. It was only two hundred and forty dollars. It wasn't it wasn't quite the uh, the, 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 the the it was by no means a uh, Fender Stratocaster American classic. Uh, uh, Aaron, thank you for this. Always a blast to catch up. Thank you for going a little overtime with me today. Uh, thanks, Dave. This has been a great topic. That's Aaron Broverman, lead editor at Forbes Advisor Canada. You can follow Aaron on Twitter, a.k.a. X. A lot of letters there. AKX. <laughs> at Broverman. At Broverman. The Broverman. B-R-O-V-E-R-M-A-N. Broverman. In a minute, there's a new memoir. That's uh, capturing the attention of book lovers. Laura Bain will feature it in her entertainment report. But first, investors are taking note of price cuts at Tesla. Mike Dubusky has the story in Tech Trends. Tesla is facing more competition than ever. And Wedbush securities analyst Dan Ives says in the absence of new product from the brand, price cuts were the next best move. They paid off well, but price cuts are a double-edged sword, and that continues to be a worry on the street. Meanwhile, many traditional automakers are prepping to launch a slew of EVs in the next few years, but they've got problems too. Competition's coming, but when you look at the UAW strike in Detroit with GM and Ford, that's been a big issue there. Tesla owner Elon Musk says new products are coming. Big focus is Cybertruck production that should start in November, you know, and then ultimately going into next year, Model 2, a sub-30,000 hour vehicle. But Ive says... With Musk, you always take with a grain of salt or a pound of salt. With Tech Trends, I'm Mike Dubusky, ABC News. Thank you very much, Mike. Laura Bain, in today's entertainment report, you've got your eye on memoirs, specifically tell-all memoirs. Yeah, that's right. And I guess even more specifically, the uh, memoir Worthy by Jada Pinkett Smith, which dropped on Tuesday. And uh, I checked that out as an audiobook. It's available on, Aud on Audible, narrated by the author. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah, she does a beautiful job of it. But, um, you know, in it, she's very open. She talks about living with PTSD. She talks about her childhood on the on the gritty streets of Baltimore. That was probably my, my favorite part. And uh, she, of course, talks about her 30-year marriage to Will Smith. Um, she also talks a lot about her friendship with Tupac. I was surprised how much of the book that took up um which was interesting it was cool it was sort of like you know he's not there to share his story she's sharing a lot of his mm. sort of childhood and intimate details so i found that part interesting but i you know i guess the other thing i found interesting about this book is um like she she she's telling the story she's telling you about what happened and then at the end of every chapter uh, a chime sounds which i think it's really enhanced by that audiobook experience and then she goes into kind of a bit of a, a self-help uh advice or exercise oh interesting yeah you know that wouldn't be for everybody but i'm kind of here for it because uh, i like the self-help stuff um now, if you've been, you know, watching any kind of entertainment news, you'll know this. The couple Will and Jada have been all over headlines mm -hmm. lately um, <laughs> about their separation, which is revealed in the book. But um, he's made really supportive comments about uh, the memoir, and she was really kind to him in the memoir as well. So I, th I thought that was cool, but. Um, 
I'm just thinking about that contrast, you know, someone being so private, keeping like a seven year separation to themselves uh, and from the media and then releasing sort of a tell all memoir where they go very much into their kind of intimate lives. And I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, it's it's a little weird, though, right? Because maybe they were private about the detail of the separation, but it did not stop her from revealing about some of the polyamory that was going on on her podcast. So it's like it's a little bit strange to my mind that the, 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 that contrast seems so apparent but you're right the withholding of bits of information to put out into the memoir but in the way you describe it Laura what I think is really interesting and what makes a great memoir is there's actual reflection it's not just simply a history book or a list of events it's what something actually meant to you or changed the way that you grew. And finding those hinge points or sliding moments in someone's life, I think that when there can be that kind of introspection or self-reflection in a memoir, that's what separates a memoir from sort of a biography. Yeah, for sure. And something she said about this is that she she's released this memoir because of how important she believes it is to share your own journey of self self-worth especially for women i mean i i get that contrast you're talking about but i also feel like it's a way of controlling the narrative like a memoir is kind of a little bit of a mic drop moment it's yes. like yeah this is what i have to say and now i can choose to engage or not but um yeah, it's, it's sort of, I think if they had shared more publicly with a lot of outlets, it would have been a back and forth. And I've seen a lot of really kind of what I would call disgusting headlines over the last few days, but this was just sort of a way to, to, to tell her side and then just just leave it there on the table. Yeah, the flip side of that is something that you and I may get into tomorrow or next week, and that's what's going around Britney Spears' memoir. But no time for that today. Let's leave that yeah. as a nice little nugget for people to chew on for 24 hours or so. Laura, have a great day. Thank you for this. Thanks, Dave. That's Laura Bain with the Entertainment Report. Coming up after the break, residents of Lytton, British Columbia, are expressing concern about how long it's taking to rebuild their town. That'll be part of the regional news update. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. <laughs> 